1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com achieve today.
2: The History Today book club recommendation for August is Roger Morehouse's Berlin at War, Life and Death in Hitler's Capital, 1939 to and roger's here to discuss his motivations for writing the book about how he researched it and wrote it and uh, what the book is actually about so um, roger where did the uh, idea of the book come from, what was the motivation then? Uh,
1: The idea of the book uh, essentially came from a a rather liquid lunch I had with an agent uh, after Killing Hitler, after the book Killing Hitler came out Uh, and we were sort of lazily throwing ideas around and. uh, it struck me there that uh, Berlin, as sort of such an iconic city in uh, modern European uh, history, uh, was something that I personally find fascinating. I know it has a tremendous resonance with the reading public as well, and I thought I would try and find an angle in the modern history of Berlin, uh, something that hadn't been done before that I could work into a into a proposal. So that was the sort of the uh, the, the long route of the book. Um, having then sort of researched the historiography of Berlin and, and trying to ascertain where the gaps were. Of course, as historians, we want a gap to work in. Um, it struck me that, uh, if you like, a people's history of Berlin during the war was something that was, that was rather lacking. Um, and added to that sort of realisation was also the fact that there's an awful lot of first-hand material that is available, um, both in sort of published and unpublished memoirs and diaries and so on. Um, so it struck me that that could be a very um, interesting and useful avenue to pursue. Um, it sort of ties in as well I think with the or some historiographical aspect which is that we have in the last probably couple of decades there's been a gradual shift across to a if you like a de- democratisation of history, it's very much um, you know, the shift from the top-down view uh, from you know, the view from the politicians and the, and the generals and the field marshals down to a more popular view of, you know, if you like, the man in the street and his view of history. Um, so it struck me that I could also um, sort of pursue that line uh, and, and provide if you like a, a, a people's history. Um, on a sort of broader historiographical view I, I also wanted to challenge the uh, rather I think lazy convention by which we see ordinary Germans in Nazi Germany as a sort of homogenised mass of, of indoctrinated uh, Nazis all marching in step it didn't, never has struck me as a terribly realistic assumption to make um, and I wanted to if you like bring out that um, multiplicity of opinions and multiplicity of voices
2: and it struck me that this uh, model was a good way of trying to do that. So one of the things that's most noticeable about the book is that it has a great deal of original research there and, and, and material that really hasn't been covered before, certainly not um, in an English language book as far as I'm aware. Um, there is, uh, It seems quite unbelievable, I suppose, to many people that there's anything more to say about Nazi Germany, such as as being the amount of material that's been there ever since the regime came to an end, uh, going all the way back to Hugh Trevirova and Alan Bullock and people like that, but plainly there is still a great deal more Mm. to say and we seem to be going through something of a golden age, so far as as material on that period goes. Um, How did you go about Uh, finding sourcing that original material, did you know where it was before, was there stuff that you come across, what was your plan then? Uh,
1: Both actually, I I, I sort of knew uh, a couple of places to start. Um, I mean you're right, there there is an awful lot written about this subject and has been ever since 45, Um, but I think partly due to that historiographical shift that I mentioned a moment ago, um, there are new avenues that are opening up all the time and that in turn opens up new sources of material. Um, so there were a couple of places that I knew about already, one of which was the, the German Diary Archive in Emmendingen in, in southwestern Germany in, in the Black Forest. Um, so I had to uh, go down there and have a trawl through what they had, and that's, that's a fantastic resource um, which has not been going for long, uh, and they basically collect up you know, um, diaries of, of ordinary people, things left in, left in lofts and house clearances and so on, and they catalogue them and store them for posterity. Um, so that was, a, that was a very good start um, and in addition Berlin has a wonderful organisation uh, which basically exists to put Berliners eyewitnesses of various events, whether it's World War II or the erection of the wall or the fall of the wall or you know, anything to do with the Stasi, anything in modern Berlin's history to put eyewitnesses of those events in touch with historians, documentary filmmakers or whoever um, and I got in touch with them and basically submitted a list of requests, and they came back with a list of names and phone numbers of people who would be happy to speak on whatever subject it was. So that was a first, um, first avenue of, of approach. Um, in addition, uh, I had, had a very lucky meeting with a historian in Berlin who had put out a call some years before via the Berlin press for first-hand accounts of uh, the bombing war on Berlin uh, and he very can, very kindly gave me his uh, database of names and addresses which I then went through as well so I ended up uh, having sort of weeded out those that I thought weren't terribly useful I ended up with about uh, 40 or so uh, Berliners of that generation um, with whom I then did interviews so I, had, I actually had far too much uh, first-hand material uh, that I could really sensibly use but it's better that
2: way than the other. And how did you select um, the material that went in the book? Uh, what were you looking for? I was looking first of all for patterns. I mean, the difficult thing, I
1: suppose, with with oral history is that um, there's a whole you know, the difficulty of what precisely what people remember and, and judging the accuracy or accuracy of it, the validity of it. That's a, that's a problem for the historian. It's something you just have to be sort of uh, alive to and ho- hopefully have your antennae um, tuned towards, um, but secondary, I was looking also for patterns so if you had the same or a similar experience from a couple of eyewitnesses, then that to me was you know, if you like as, as close to uh, corroboration as you could really get, so I was looking for patterns of of experience across those across those um, uh, accounts and and also anything anything that just sort of stood out a sort of different opinion. Um, Again, but it had to be plausible. I mean, a few of them, I think, were suffering from the, the ravages of age. But uh, it, it, was a, it was actually a fascinating experience, I have to say, an experience, as, a, as a historian, to sit down with these people uh, in you know, elegant West Berlin uh, apartments and have coffee and cake and, and listen
2: to the most hair-raising stories. It was, it was a fascinating experience. And what were the major discoveries there? And when you talk about patterns, were were their experiences, their memories quite similar? Was their approach to their attitude towards the war? uh, Was there any divergence there in opinion that people had, or was there a general consensus uh, about the regime, about what happened to them, about what they experienced?
1: There's a degree of consensus, and primarily I think you have to understand that the people that come forward and volunteer for that sort of um, interview Are in a sense self-selecting, so there is, you know, I mean, your 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 purist would say that it's a it's slightly biased group, but uh, that's unfortunately unavoidable. Um, So generally, there is a consensus that you know very few of them had, I mean, they they were all of a certain age, so they were sort of teenagers, um, early twenties at most at the end of the war, so they're all fairly young. So their their view on the on the sort of raw politics perhaps is slightly lacking because of their age, but. In many ways, their experiences of the war and particularly of the the end of the war uh, were very very similar, um, and that rather, you know, in terms of the um, depredations of the Red Army coming into Berlin, and uh, the depredations of their own side putting eleven-year-old boys in into Volkssturm units, for example, um, so those sort of accounts were
2: were very very consistent, and. Once you've got this material together, this, this this vast amount of original material, how did you then structure the book? Did that have a bearing on how it was structured? Did you have a, an idea of the structure of the book before that was done? Uh, and how did the sort of collation of all that material affect the structure of the book?
1: I, I had initially thought that I could be more or less chronological with the book, um, but then realised fairly early on in the writing phase, that that wasn't going to be realistic. Um, and the problem that sort of, you know, the, the, the formula that occurred to me was, well, how do you write you know the history of a city of five million people over six years of warfare? There's, there are just too many voices to try and uh, incorporate. So it, I had a sort of uh, a rethink in terms of the structure. Uh, and it is broadly chronological, but within that chronological arc, it's thematic. Uh, And that seemed to me the most sensible way of of bringing that material together in a sort of coherent form so that you can discuss um, whether it's the attitude towards propaganda or the attitude to the Gestapo um, or the attitude to the Holocaust. You can discuss those aspects within those sort of self-contained chapters, but it still has the the arc, the chronological arc of the whole. so it is sort of necessarily quantilist in its in its approach, but uh, I th- I think, and I've, I've you know I've been told that it, it it does
2: work quite well on both levels, both thematically and chronologically. It's been uh, very well received critically, um, and one of the things that a lot of people have commented upon is about how human it is, how moving are the stories of those people. I wonder if there was any sort of particular episode uh, that you deal with in the book that you found particularly moving or insightful.
1: Uh, there are many, actually, and I, as, a, as I say, the experience of sitting and listening to some of those stories uh, was profoundly moving in many cases, um, and there are many scenes there that, that will sort of live long in my memory. Um, I think, f- for me personally, I think the end of the war is, is the sort of astonishing, murderous chaos at the end of the war uh, in Berlin is probably the most sort of... Um, most poignant, if you like. I mean, after all, everything that the Germans had done in the East, that they then have this absolute whirlwind of revenge visited upon them. Um, so in, you know, in many cases, it's certainly not undeserved, but it's still absolutely brutal. And the, and the experience of ordinary, often child soldiers, um, you know, the, the experience of seeing the first Soviet soldiers and, and the experience of... Uh, civilians again when they when the, the door is battered down and they see their first Soviet soldier. Those moments where, where you have that absolute sort of horror of what's happening next. That, when those were communicated to me, that was that was really quite astonishing. So I did hear some absolutely hair-raising stories, and as
2: I say, a lot of them will stay with me. Well, thank you, Roger. Um, Berlin at War: Life and Death in Hitler's Capital, 1939 to 1945, by Roger Moorhouse. Is available in paperback and it's August History Today book club recommendation. Thank you. Hold
0: up.